A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Here, money grows in rows. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Ah, yeah. And today, those rows are going to have some sunshine and warmer temperatures on them. Come on in, everybody. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee here on the radio. So glad you're along with us. Yeah, I'm kind of glad to report that we're going to have sunny skies today. 73 are expected high. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 77. Saturday, we do have a 40% chance of rain. Don't know how much. 72 are expected high. We'll talk weather details to Mucker Ag Meteorologist up in about 15 minutes. We're talking market details on a Thursday with Bryce Windecker, one of the broker analysts with Everag. They're focused in like a laser on what's going on with dairy. Stick around for that conversation. And a very interesting conversation that unfolded yesterday down in Waukesha. U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack decided to visit the state. His message... Agriculture is key to helping save the planet, and he has got data to back that up. Stephanie Hoff caught up with the U.S. Ag Secretary in Waukesha. That conversation's on the way as well. BioVet combines the latest research and technology to develop high-quality microbial and nutritional solutions for your operation. BioVet's innovative product line supports health, digestion, milk production, and reproduction, along with growth and development of your livestock. Learn more at bio-vet.com and visit us at World Dairy Expo in the Exhibition Hall at booth number 1503 and 1504. Innovation, that's BioVet. Join us for this online-only auction as the Michaels family presents their extraordinary Holstein dairy heifers for sale. Hurry, this auction closes September 18th. This is your chance to bring home top-quality heifers from the Michaels family young stock. Over 650 heifers under 15 months old and 300 heifers 15 months to pre-fresh. Visit stephesgroup.com for more information and detailed listings. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Steffes, built on trust since 1960. Part of taking care of sheep is making sure that you take care of the wool. Shearing sheep several times a year is an important part of ensuring that proper maintenance. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn, I'm Nate Zimdars, and I am speaking with Joe Huber. He runs Huber Sheep Shearing, and he has been shearing sheep for decades, and he actually travels all across the state shearing sheep for farmers. And I'm here speaking with him at the Sheep and Wool Festival about what exactly goes into shearing sheep. Joe, can you tell me how did you get your start shearing sheep? So my father did it. Dad's 82 now, so Dad did it since he was 15. His 4-H agent took him to shearing school and uh, come home, and he said he wasn't going to shear sheep, and Grandpa bought a clippers, and Dad started shearing, and from there, the neighbors found out, and the word just traveled. So, you know, Huber Sheep Shearing has been around for, what, 67 years, and we really don't advertise. It's just word of mouth. I had four brothers, and uh, Dad taught me. And at one time, I always say I was good at it. In 88, I was national champion, and I was professional champion at uh, state level here quite a few times. I just enjoy doing it. We have families that we have sheared for for 45, 50 years plus between Dad and I. So I had four brothers. I have three sons. My three sons shear. My brothers have kind of give it up. My youngest son is out in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and he actually shears full-time out there now. 
you're shearing mostly on the weekends, correct? And how busy do you keep on the weekends shearing sheep for folks? So I work for Awesome Farms. Uh, before this, I worked for uh, Wagner Farms. So I've been in the potato side of it. This is my 36th year of harvesting potatoes, and I always had great employees. Both Mr. Wagner and Larry Awesome work with my shearing. So when potatoes have to be dug, I'm there to plant their potatoes and dig their potatoes, but otherwise our busy time starts first of November, and Josh and I and Jeff and Jordan will come home, but most of the time I take off Fridays and share Fridays and Saturdays. On Sundays, I don't want to go out. That's the only time I have a farm to home. We run a couple hundred acres, and we have 80 head of ewes and 20 head of beef cows, so that's the time I get caught up to home. So usually it's Friday and Saturday most of the time from November 1st through July, but in the heart of the season, I do take off work. There's times that I'll share four to five days a week just to try to get done. We share most of the sheep we share, we share before lambing. And how big are the flocks that you're typically working with? Are we working with larger flocks? Are they smaller? Is it a blend? So the biggest flock we have in Wisconsin that the boys and I do is about 700 head. And usually if we go in to do that job, the three boys and I are together, which will take us a couple days. And everybody says, what's the smallest flock you stop for? I'll stop for one. I mean, it is a you know, stop charge or setup charge, whatever you want to say. So it's anywhere from one to whatever. You know, and a lot of times in the summertime, uh, people have one or two, and they're close to home that they will bring them to my place, and I'll set up in the evenings. You know, it's either my time and gas or it's your time and gas. How do you want to look at it? I give them that option if I can. And are you traveling just in Wisconsin, or do you sometimes go out of state to shear sheep for people? So my rule of thumb was since 88 was the last time I left, I was in Minnesota. But since 88, I never left left the state. I said the state line's my boundary. But with Jordan out in Iowa, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, I have crossed the border into Iowa now. I still try to stay here with Jordan Sheeran full-time. He's kind of handling it himself, where instead of doing it in a day out there, two, three hundred head takes him two, three days by himself. I mean, that's his full-time job now with helping his father-in-law. And so, like I say, I have not sheared in Illinois, but Josh and Jordan both have sheared in Illinois. So they uh, have crossed the line that way, but not far over. I I say I don't have time to get the ones done in Wisconsin. If I jump to Mississippi, I'll be in Nebraska before I know it. How many farms are you working with during the course of a year? And do you go to these farms multiple times during the year, or do some farms you just visit maybe once? Probably 90% of the sheep we shear, we shear once a year. That's the way you get the longest fiber length. But we do have some of these people that have show flocks that we visit twice a year. They want to shear them twice a year. They don't care about the shearing bill. So they just want their sheep to look cleaner. But uh, otherwise, it's once a year. And like I say, our busy time, you know, we shear 12 months out of the year. But our busy time is November till, we always say we want it to be done by the 1st of June, but it never happens. I mean, the first 90-degree day, the phone don't stop ringing. And I always tell the people, it'd be nice if you thought about the shear that has to shear in 90-degree weather. But we do shear a lot in the summertime, but we choose not to if we can help it. We like to shear them before lambing. And do you work with a variety of breeds, or is it pretty stereotypical, the type of sheep you're working with? We shear anything and everything. We also shear some Angora goats and some llama apacas. The biggest herd of apaca llamas is in the dells that we shear for, and it's about 30 head there. But otherwise, it's just one or two here and there on a farm. We shear any breed. They all got to be sheared, just some shear tougher than others. 
And what are the toughest breeds to shear for you? I would say you, you take your wool breeds that shear 12 to 16 pounds of wool. So you take like a Targi, a Columbia, Rambouillet, Merino. They're your hardest shearing ones. I mean, just because they're shearing, there's so many more fibers per square inch. I would say if I had to pick one, I'm going to say it's probably the Rambouillet. They're just uh, always a little drier. Merinos have more wrinkles, but uh, they're softer underneath and it just shears easier. How different is it for you to go from shearing sheep to, say, goats and alpacas? Goats, we always say they don't have a backbone, so we also use a different comb on goats, but they don't sit in our lap the way a sheep does. So we do charge, you know, usually in Gora goats twice the money as a sheep. Now alpacas and llamas, most of the time we shear them standing up. We just tie their head up high up by a post and shear them standing up. But once in a while with the alpacas, the smaller ones, they always like to lay down on us. So we uh, actually will set them on their butt just like a sheep and shear them that way. It takes two guys to do that, one to hang on to them and one to shear. How much does it cost to shear a sheep? Do you go by the wool? Do you go by the head? We charge by the head. So we do handle. In the past, we have handled for Mid-States wool growers, which Mid-States wool growers, after 110 years, have closed the doors. Wool is not very good price right now in the open market. So we charge by the head. We handle the wool for the farmer if they want us to handle it. So we get it home in a semi-load lot, and we'd always ship it to Columbus, Ohio. So price-wise, it all depends upon how many you have. You know, we kind of have a base price, but if you have five sheep, I've got to charge more for a setup charge. The sheer five sheep, it's going to take me an hour where if I'm set up on a job all day long, I want to be shearing 18 to 20 sheep per hour. So how fast does it typically take you to get one sheep done? So like I say, if I shear, say, 15 an hour, that's four minutes. So if I'm shearing that 18 to 20, you know, it's three to four minutes. And we stop about every hour and take a break. Help the farmer, you know, we usually shear till we got a bag full of wool, sew that off, help the farmer refill the pen. Some of it is, yes, we're here to make a dollar, but we have a lot of good relationships and some farmers don't have all the help, so we are not afraid to do that. We, Like I say, we have families that we have sheared for between my dad and I for 45, 50 years. Maybe 55 is the longest, I think. So we have long relationships, and that's some of it that keeps me going, that you grew up with their kids. We have a client over in Reedsburg. We're shearing for his grandkids. So we have one family in Arkdale that uh, we're shearing for the fourth generation. So just good friendships is what we have. So are there other sheep shearers in the state that you know of, or would you consider yourself a rare breed being a sheep shearer? We're kind of a rare breed, but there is other shearers. There's, I'm going to say, four to five that shear something like I do probably. I don't know of any one shearer that shears full-time like my dad sheared full-time. He had a little farm on the side. I would say we shear probably the most in Wisconsin just because, you know, I have three boys that shear with me. But like I say, and we'll travel statewide. So we, we don't leave the state besides going to help Jordan. How much have you seen the way shearing has done change over the decades that you've been involved as far as processes and technology? Technology really hasn't changed as far as we use the Australian-New Zealand method, and that really hasn't changed. The equipment has changed some. My last handpiece that holds the blade came from Switzerland, and the technology in it, it just runs smoother. It's a smaller barrel in my hand to hang on to. Combs have changed since I started shearing. Now they have a lot with flares on them, so we're using a 3-inch head, and the comb is basically 3-inch with flares that will gather up to 3.5 inches of wool. Has your business been pretty consistent over the years, or have you seen more and more folks leave raising sheep and lowering the need for sheep shearers? 
I would say the numbers are down in Wisconsin. Some of it's the wool price. Some of it they have, you know, hair sheep now. You can't find shears. So, yes, what we used to shear years ago is less than what we shear now. Like I say, Dad was shearing full-time, the walkers. There's a father-son out of Dalton, Wisconsin. They sheared a lot, but there's not as many big flocks. So, yes, I would say the numbers are down. And Dad always says the numbers are down, but I look at that what Dad used to do all week when he had three, four sons that would shear with him or just like me, we go and do them in two days, what took Dad all week to do. And the sheep have got bigger. I mean, so over time, sheep have got bigger, so you just don't get over as many. How do you view the sheep industry in Wisconsin in general? What does the future look like? I think they come with these hair sheep. I think the sheep numbers are there. You know, you see people come and go in and out of the business all the time. We don't see the big flocks like we used to. It's hard to uh, really make a living off sheep unless you have, you know, that three, 400 head. But even them guys seem to have a job off the farm. People have learned to make byproducts out of the wool. Right now, the new thing is is uh, people making pellets out of wool for gardeners and putting it in plant pots. So like I say, you see the numbers go up and down, but I see it where it has declined over the years. The times may have changed a little bit. There may be less sheep than what there once was, but as long as there's sheep, there's still going to be a need for people to shear those sheep. And Joe Huber is just one of those people with Huber sheep shearing. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. BioVet combines the latest research and technology to develop high-quality microbial and nutritional solutions for your operation. BioVet's innovative product line supports health, digestion, milk production, and reproduction, along with growth and development of your livestock. Learn more at bio-vet.com and visit us at World Dairy Expo in the Exhibition Hall at booth number 1503 and 1504. Innovation, that's BioVet. Ready to ride? Just let me get my flip-flops on. Whoa, Mom and Dad are going for a ride without their protective gear. Quick, grab the checklist. I'll grab the gear. Just where do you two think you're going without your safety gear? Yeah, you know how we feel about riding without your gear. Well, um, it's so nice out. And we're only going for a short ride. Not before you put all this gear on, you're not. But, <clears throat> riding pants? Okay. Check. Motorcycle boots? Bye-bye, flip-flops. Check. Armored jackets? Nice. Check. Riding gloves? Two pairs. Check. Last but not least, full-face helmets. Check. Now you're ready to ride. And you look cool. All the gear, all the time. Zero in Wisconsin. Together, we can save lives. Learn more at zeroinwisconsin.gov. Be home on time for dinner. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. 
Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. On a Thursday morning, and it looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day. Let's talk weather with Stumach, our ag meteorologist. Before we get to today's forecast, though, I will acknowledge that it's a little cooler out there this morning than it was yesterday morning. I think in Madison, where I'm at right now, we're, we're still doing pretty good. I heard about some overnight lows, those two that are going to catch some attention. Yeah, way up north, uh, a lot cooler further north in Wisconsin. I see a 34. Uh, Mauston itself, surprise, 37 this morning. And I do see a 31 a little further north along the river there, too. So that got a little cool in that river valley right down through western Wisconsin. Yeah, and I hear that even south, uh, south central Wisconsin, maybe by the Illinois-Wisconsin line, like you said, some of those valleys, some of those you know, swales could uh, could be a surprisingly cool this morning. But like I said, the good news is we're starting to turn temperatures around starting today, really. Yeah, today it turns around. We get to be back to about normal, and normal is in the, call it almost mid-70s. So it is going to turn around and sound a bit nicer as we head on through the day today. No rain to talk about, nothing bad there. In fact, low pressure out to the west this morning, trying to edge in. Some scattered rain in the Dakotas, far northwest Minnesota. Fargo Grand Forks having a little light rain. With that low that's out to the west, the front in the western Dakotas, it will march east into Wisconsin. And I expect we begin to talk of a rain chance toward Friday evening or into the day Saturday, most likely Saturday afternoon. And from all I see, you know, we're talking a couple of tenths of an inch. Lacrosse and Boston could push it up to near a, a quarter or half inch, I think, further east, not as much. So not a big rain event, just enough to make it a little smeary out in the fields. Unfortunate there, but it will dry out. Temperatures that warm up very nicely for Friday, cool a bit with some clouds into Saturday, and stay a little cooler, closer to normal as we wrap up the weekend, warming up again into next week. In fact, toward about midweek, there's some chance we may have an 80 return. I'll have forecast details right after this. You've heard of the full meal deal? Well, how about a full meal deal with a German accent? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here talking about Bavaria Sausage. You know where they're at. Online, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, BavariaSausage.com. Don't forget to follow them on Facebook and their retail location open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5 at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg. You want to put together a meal, take a look at this. You need a protein? They've got it. Bratwurst, Weisswurst, Wieners, all with that authentic old-world German flavor. They've got cold cuts, ham, salamis, also summer sausage, so you're covered there. What about the bun you're going to serve it on? They've got German bakery that's available right now. Cheese and butter, as well as pickles and pickled vegetables, all in one spot. Combine it with the salads and side dishes, and you've got a full meal deal with a little German accent. Check it out. BavariaSausage.com. All right, buddy, let's have that forecast for a beautiful-looking Thursday. Yep, should be a great day. A little patchy fog. Be alert for that heading out. Headlights on. That's the name of the game this morning. And otherwise, that fog burns off and we'll have more sunshine. A nice, bright, very fine day. Low to mid-70s. Warmest at La Crosse, 76 or even a bit warmer. And low 70s in the east. South winds about 5. Through the nighttime, as we stay clear, we drop down in the very low 50s with the south winds about 5 to 10. Sunny on Friday. 
upper 70s. Uh, the cool spot may be eastern Wisconsin at 75. A little warmer then. South winds at 5 to 10. Small chance of a late night shower or storm Friday night. A chance into Saturday afternoon. Mostly cloudy Saturday. Lower mid-70s, if you will. West winds about 5 to 10. Sunshine returns Sunday, Pam. About 70, maybe low 60s in eastern Wisconsin. Even that way, a nice way to wrap up the weekend. Yeah, pretty quick. We're going to start seeing those colors popping. I'll have to check what's going on up there in northern Wisconsin already on that, maybe. I've seen a few trees, I think, because of stress with yeah. some change around here. But I think that's just stress. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll talk about that next week. All right, buddy, have a good day. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. All right, see you then. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with those weather details that you're looking for on a Thursday. Are you seeing colors? What are you noticing about the changing dynamics of Wisconsin weather? You can chime in on our talk text line. You know how to use it. Talk, you mean call, or text 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack in Wisconsin yesterday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I think the collaboration that we see between Wisconsin Farm Bureau and these other commodity groups gives us a cohesive message, a singular stance in agriculture that offers credibility. It gives us a cohesive message and support for all of our agricultural organizations. WFBF.com. It's easy to join. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family owned since 1955. And from Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. And although I'd love to talk your ear off about windows, today's all about doors. Your front door can say a lot about you. Window World specializes in turning a bland entrance into a grand entrance. We have top quality products, a variety of paint and stain options, and certified factory trained installers. It's a no-brainer. Visit us at windowworldmadison.com. What is dementia? Is it the same as Alzheimer's? 
What is vascular dementia, Lewy body, FTD, TBI, and CTE? If someone has memory loss, does that mean they have dementia? Millions of Americans ask these questions every day. I did too, and I learned. My wife, Ginny, developed dementia. I didn't know what to do or what was coming next. I'm Kevin Jamison, volunteer and president of the Dementia Society of America. I'm excited to offer you a free guide to understanding dementia. It's filled with facts about dementia, care planning, how doctors can help, and ways to keep your brain as healthy as possible. The Dementia Society of America is a national nonprofit, and we're ready to answer your questions. You want to live life to the fullest. I know that. Ginny did too, and I'm confident that we can help. Get your copy of the guide. Go to 1-800-Dementia.org or call 1-800-Dementia. Thank you. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. You know, we know that David Stearns is now the president of baseball operations for the New York Mets. We know Buck Showalter, the Mets manager, hasn't had any conversations with the new president of baseball operations. We know that Craig Council is a lame duck manager with the Milwaukee Brewers right now. And the Brewers said, take your time. Well, Rowdy... Let's play the what-if game. What if David Stearns poaches Craig Council? What if David Stearns poaches those pitchers we are talking about, like uh, Corbin Burns? What happens then to the golden age of the Milwaukee Brewers? Stearns stepping down, was that a sign of the times of it ending? Well, obviously that was the first sign. Well, I would say that was the second sign. The first sign of it ending was really when you look at the contracts. And not even like this year or last year, but you could see that there was going to come a time where a lot of these guys were going to be due. Like Josh Hader technically would have been in the last year of his contract this season. So you knew that for the most part, they were probably going to move on last off season, though it came a little earlier than that. Mm -hmm. Or you knew that Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and all of these guys aligned in the same year. So there was going to be a huge overhaul in the roster or guys that had been with this team for these number of years when the Brewers had been making the playoffs. So you could kind of see the writing on the wall. And then you go in specifically to what has happened. Yeah, the Josh Hader trade earlier than most people probably would have or expected. 
then Stern stepping down in the offseason and Craig Council not renewing or saying, you know what, let's just not talk about this. And then, yeah, now it's Stern's being hired. Craig Council is still mum on what he's going to do. There hasn't been any extension talks with any of these better players that the Brewers have had outside of preliminary brief. What do you think about this is to Brandon Woodruff? And (laughs) clearly there's going to be a lot of potential changes. Also, here's what else we're getting, and it's not good. The Brewers and Mark Anasio hanging over the fan base's head relocation if we don't get you know money thrown into the stadium. There's a lot of things at play right now that are really going against the Milwaukee Brewers. Good thing, though, they're up four games in the Cubs for first base in the NL Central. Here are the list of Milwaukee Brewer players that will be up next season. Mark Canna has an option mm. for over $12 million. I would be very surprised if they pick that up. Mm-hmm. Brandon Woodruff, last year of his contract. Corbin Burns, last year of his contract. Willie Adamas, last year of his contract. Andrew Chafin, a, uh, a club option for over $7 million. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see you later. Rowdy Telez going into the last year of his contract. Adrian Hauser. And then you also have a $10 million option on Wade Miley. I actually would pick that up if you're trying to compete and, and put a decent product on the field. And then you just scroll down here. I know Eric Lauer is in the last year of his deal uh, next season. And then you have a few guys that are already, you know, free agents that are known, kind of like the the Darren Ruffs and the Josh Donaldsons that you just kind of picked up and, mm-hmm. and hoped would be. But those are those are all the players that either have options. Oh, I missed one because he's pretty forgetful. Justin Wilson oh. <laughs> has a has an option for next year. The guy that Whatever. the Brewers signed last season because he has been a pretty decent lefty reliever over his career. Yeah. And they knew he was coming off of Tommy John. So he'd be he'd be the lefty ready to go for the second half of the season only to hurt his lat in the bullpen <laughs> warming up to come in for his first appearance. That was in Atlanta mm-hmm. over the summer. So he's done for the year. Can't imagine they're going to pick that up. But yes, these are all the players that could potentially not be coming back this year and or traded. The Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, we we knew it was going to be a, a different looking team when all these arms were up, uh, you know, for new contracts, right, Rowdy? But my God, um, well, I guess how much do you trust in early returns? How much do you trust in Matt Arnold? It comes from the David Stern's tree. How much do you trust Matt Arnold to well, continue on, you know, supremacy that Stern's implanted? Obviously, the off season there wasn't a whole lot of moves that matt arnold had made you could say the brian anderson but i think most people would say outside of the first three weeks brian anderson's kind of been a dud Mm -hmm. you could say wade miley that was definitely his a plus offseason signing they got wade miley for three and a half million Mm -hmm. in year one and potentially it's a two-year deal that was good. But other than that, it was just little nickel and dime moves like picking up a Julio Tehran or, you know, deciding to go with Colin Ray. If your workout includes bailing hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I think the emphasis is on comfort today when it comes to our weather. It's going to be a beautiful Thursday, sunshine and 73. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 77. Saturday, a chance of rain in the forecast, 72. Sunday, 70 degrees. We'll stay in the 70s right on through front part of next week and then go up in the 70s. 
by midweek. I'm Pam Yonke. Super glad you're along with us. Hey, stick around. Bryce Windecker from Everag is going to be along with us. He's focused in on everything dairy, specifically what's moving our dairy markets. He'll join us for a live conversation in about 15 minutes. So today is the 14th day of September. What can I tell you? Did you know on this day back in 1888, there was a huge fire up in Washburn, Wisconsin, started in a hardware store, but it spread so quickly, it consumed an entire block of homes and businesses, including the clothing store, two local newspapers, and a meat market. That all was at home in Washburn until this date in 1888, when the Great Washburn Fire happened. And now you know. Do you believe that agriculture can be a part of saving the planet? Well, that's the message that U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack brought to Wisconsin yesterday. And he has federal funding to try to help make great ideas happen when it comes to being climate smart. Our own Stephanie Hoff was there. Climate smart is a phrase you've probably come across because it's a key theme of this administration's U.S. Department of Agriculture. And now money for climate smart is starting to roll in. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack came to Wisconsin this week to celebrate one year of the Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities program. These are 141 projects that got $3 billion in funding. Almost all of these projects are starting now. The ink is on the contracts and checks are getting sent out. Several groups in Wisconsin are recipients. The requirements for this money are that it has to be used in production agriculture or forestry, and the projects have to A, fight against climate change, and B, promote rural prosperity. In Waukesha, Wisconsin, Secretary Vilsack commemorates the progress made so far. I will tell you the thing about Wisconsin is that there has been a willingness to basically be involved in every single one of the elements that I outlined today. Uh, Very strong participation in terms of climate smart agriculture. I think the last time I looked there were 18 or 19 different uh, projects that are Wisconsin oriented or Wisconsin directed. So Wisconsin's been a very, very strong advocate for the components of this effort to try to Uh, generate more income opportunities for small and mid-sized producers. Ahead of this conversation, Secretary Vilsack said that between the years 2017 and 2021, the U.S. lost more than 16,000 farms. But he says the value that these climate-smart partnerships can bring will slow that trend. Well, I think first and foremost, we have to know what works. And that's what the Climate Smart uh, Initiative is designed to do at the end of the day, is to tell us what works so we can then target uh, the resources within the USDA's traditional programs to, to accelerate. Uh, it's not going to be done overnight. Uh, it's not an easy task. Uh, I think first and foremost, we have to slow the process down and then hopefully over time reverse it. But I think what we want to do is send a message of hope, uh, a message that there's something uh, other than get bigger, get out, that you can be entrepreneurial, uh, that you can embrace multiple ways to make a living uh, off the farm, uh, and that in doing so, you're going to also create some job opportunities as well for rural places. And I think knowing that there's an alternative, knowing that folks are working on that alternative, knowing that there are resources behind the alternative that we'll begin to see over the next two to three years additional investments being made, I think makes people feel that there's at least a path forward, which I think is important. Part of the secretary's visit in Waukesha included a panel where he asked recipients of the Climate Smart Money 
what works and what doesn't. The panelists represented Edge Dairy Farmers Cooperative, Wisconsin Farmers Union, Organic Valley, and the Nature Conservancy. I asked Secretary Vilsack why U.S. farmers are the ones shouldering the climate smart responsibility. The pressure is on all of us in all industries, but I think farmers are in a unique position because there are only a few ways naturally that you can sequester carbon. Uh, and you can, and, and that is by the use of soil and soil conservation, uh, trees, agroforestry, uh, and the oceans. And I think farmers happen to be in a position where they can do two of those three things. Uh, and I think if we can figure out a way in which by doing that, there are co-benefits. We heard this today. Um, how do you convince a farmer to do this? Well, you convince a farmer by saying if you do this, your soil is going to be more productive. Uh, if it's more productive, your yields are going to be greater. Uh, if you do this, uh, somebody's going to pay you a premium for whatever it is you're growing. Now, all of a sudden, you've made the economic case. And by the way, uh, also, you're going to sequester more carbon, and that's going to be helpful to the, uh, to the effort to try to reduce uh, and mitigate the impacts of climate. I think agriculture has an enormous opportunity to be the first major industry in this country to ultimately get to a net zero uh, future because of the fact that it, it, it has soil and it has trees. It's it's you know it's you know the construction uh, industry doesn't have that utility doesn't have that transportation doesn't have that uh, and in fact agriculture is going to help some of those industries get to net zero how are they going to do that well uh, transportation they're going to provide sustainable aviation fuel which is going to lower the carbon footprint of transportation uh, they're going to try to figure out how to take methane and put it into concrete and save water that's going to help the construction industry they're going to uh, promote renewable energy on the farm and they're going to take excess energy and put it on the grid and that's going to reduce uh, the carbon footprint of utilities so agriculture can actually be a driver in other industries uh, which creates profit opportunities for farmers creates a pride a sense of pride and by doing it and doing it the way we're doing it we're providing international leadership and that's why we're sharing the information uh, that we're getting from the Climate Smart Initiative on our international climate hub to let the world know, and that's why we're going to be very transparent about this process so that farmers across the country know about it. Climate Smart may also be something you recognize in the grocery store. Secretary Vilsack says there are discussions underway of how to brand Climate Smart products. You can find the details on these initiatives at MidwestFarmReport.com. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. New location, new vision, same goal. The Farm and Industry Short Course is producing high-quality graduates ready for success in the dairy industry. The oldest agriculture training program in Wisconsin has stood the test of time. The 16-week program returns for fall 2023 at UW-River Falls. Learn from world-class faculty, live in the residence halls, earn college credits, and create lifelong friendships. Register today at uwrf.edu. Join us for this online-only auction as the Michaels family presents their extraordinary Holstein dairy heifers for sale. Hurry, this auction closes September 18th. This is your chance to bring home top-quality heifers from the Michaels family young stock. Over 650 heifers under 15 months old and 300 heifers 15 months to pre-fresh. Visit stephesgroup.com for more information and detailed listings. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Steph built on trust since 1960. All right, just a quick look at the markets before we catch up with Bryce Windecker from Everag. Yesterday in Chicago, our barrel cheese gained a penny and a half to 182. 40-pound block cheese was up four at 191. Double-A butter up a nickel, 277 and a quarter. 
As far as fluid milk is concerned, right now, October is up 9 cents, 18.30 a hundredweight. November's up a nickel at 18.40 a hundredweight. The December corn contract is currently trading down 2 cents in Chicago at 4.80. Right now, November soybeans are down 2 cents, 13.47. And July wheat down 3, 6.44 a bushel. Up next, what's going on with our dairy complex? Is it the weather? Is it uh, oversupply? It's always something, isn't it? That's why I lean on our friends from Everag. Bryce Windecker, one of their broker analysts, joining us live in just a moment. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, goodmansjewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. On a Thursday morning, it's always nice to be able to pivot with other folks that are up at this time of the day. And this morning, that includes Bryce Windecker, who is one of the broker analysts from the EverAg staff joining us this morning. I assume that you're at the home farm out in uh, New York, huh? I sure am. The leaves are just starting to turn and... uh corn chopping is in full swing now we're trying to catch up to everyone in the midwest yeah i was gonna say how do the crops look for you know right around your farm bryce uh crops are fairly well in western new york they seem to have gotten more of the dry midwestern weather to kind of start the year and you know got got enough rain to get everything going here and uh turned a little bit wetter recently but i mean from central new york all the way to the East Coast, I mean, just an abundance of rain. My home farm, 
and uh, just an hour east of Syracuse has gotten 16 inches of rain since August 1st. I oh. mean, just absolutely ridiculous. Was that the part that was kind of flooding up that neck of the woods? Uh, if you go further east, they got even more. So, I mean, that's why we've seen corn basis, uh, like cornmeal ground and delivered to a dairy, you know, a dollar sixty to $2 above Chicago price. Typically, it's a $1.30. So, mm. uh, kind of tough flooding there. Wow. Wow. And let's start there. Let's focus in on corn and beans. It's not always something that is easily correlated back to the dairy industry, but you're making a really good point. This week, we got the World Ag Supply Demand Report from USDA. Corn numbers bigger than the market wanted, but maybe soybean numbers a little smaller than was expected. What did you see in the report relative to our dairy producers, Bryce? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, very imperative to get uh, about half of uh, a dairy's protein needs booked from October to, uh, to March at least. Uh, they knocked soybeans down to 50.1 bushels. Uh, and then that was on the lower end of uh, the range of guesses there for the report as the range was 49.6 to 51. And even though our ending stocks number was uh, higher than what we thought, uh, I think the USDA purposely infl- uh, took away from exports to kind of help save the price a little bit for now so things didn't get too out of control. Uh, but, I mean, it's still a 0.22 uh, billion bushel. So, I mean, that is a very, very tight balance sheet. I mean, that, that'll be the tightest balance sheet on record. So uh, I, I do not feel uh, safe with protein prices. I think 390 soybean meals are pretty good buy. And uh, then we flip over to corn. We're at about 173.8 on that. And uh, the, as the combines get rolling out there and people get chopping corn in the Midwest, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have plenty of corn, especially when you look at, we just haven't been selling any corn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we haven't. We haven't. So let's, uh, again, pivot towards dairy. Uh, we've got to keep an eye on where that milk is going to go, no matter the cost of the feed. What are you seeing out there as far as our exports, uh, Bryce? That's that's not been quite as healthy as I think we had hoped. No, no. So when cheese got down to about a dollar forty there in July and everyone was uh, bleeding out in the country as far as being a dairy farmer. Uh, we got a lot of exports booked, but it was only through to the beginning of September here. And now, I mean, we're hearing um, news about, you know, a big cheese processor looking for 5,000 uh, or looking for a home for 5,000 tons of metric uh, per metric ton there of cheese. Uh, powders uh, hasn't been uh, performing well. Uh, because of the Asian economy over there, and you know, I think there's pretty significant downside risk uh, for butter. You know, being uh, at 277 on the spot trade as of late, uh, powders uh, because of that Asian economy there, and then uh, I, you know, cheese. We need to sell it more. I mean, we really need to be a dollar sixty or seventy to be able to compete with EU mozzarella and gouda. Now, what about domestic uh, use on some of this cheese? Are we going to start seeing the scales tip for the holiday buys? That's our only glimmer of hope uh, as far as cheese prices for this fall because we're not getting the exports. But consumer demand has been proven to be rather resilient. Uh, We've got a lot of good uh, news uh, from that sector of things on cheese uh, volume and butter volume as well has been uh, really good. Uh, up to this point. So I think 
that is definitely something that, that could help. You know, not to draw in a, a national headline to our world, but it makes me wonder. So they're starting to talk already on the national news outlets about repayment of school debt. You know, that been kind of a toggle switch all year long trying to figure out was the government going to help with those student loan bailouts, et cetera. Now it looks like it's definite. Uh, you're going to have to come out of pocket to keep paying that back. Do you think that kind of a really big trend, Bryce, may also nest in on some of our consumer patterns related to dairy? I mean, we, we, keep, we keep saying that it will, but, it, man, it hasn't seemed to up to this point. But it's definitely something I'm uh, that's in the back of my mind. I mean, we got to think about, you know, inflation is certainly not over. We're back up to $90 crude oil. We've got $1 trillion of consumer credit card debt. I mean, it's, you know, people have got to slow down on spending at some point. And do we, you know, are you getting any word or any sense from, for example, fast food, restaurant, are they backing off on any dairy-related buys? No, it's it's all been pretty good. It's up a couple percents from uh, same comparison weeks as, as last year. You know, I, I, I don't have any bad news on, mm-hmm. on that side of things. I really don't. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah. see how long they keep going. I Boy, I got to really think everyone kind of tightens up after we get $90 crude oil for a few months here and gasoline prices go back up and holidays are over. Yeah, if we keep it at 90 bucks, yeah, that's that will be interesting. Again, I forgot if you're just joining us, this is Bryce Windecker. I get going with him. He's one of the broker analysts with Everag. Uh, he's uh, checking in this morning from his uh, home dairy area in uh, New York and New York State, that is. And uh, if you ever want to catch up with Bryce or any of the crew, I always remind you to go to ever.ag, ever.ag is uh, their website. So what else are dairy producers talking about with you right now, Bryce? I mean, like you said, the harvest is about to begin. They've got to try to get their components, everything pulled together for 2024. Uh, For people that were impacted negatively by hurricanes or other weather-related issues, the USDA coming out with a little backstop there. What are your dairy clients talking to you about? Oh, we talk a lot about... um uh, how many cows have been cold and how that's going to affect uh, domestic uh, milk production, you know. And as you've seen, you know, we got a milk production report coming out next Monday there. And uh, our and uh, our economists are pegging it at a minus 0.7. And, you know, the trade is already, you know, kind of planning, uh, you know, on that. And uh, Europe, Milk production has come back up a little bit from when they dropped, and New Zealand has, uh, has uh, started calving as well. Uh, so we'll see more milk uh, coming back online here over the next few months into the fall. Uh, as we've seen, you know, Midwest spot milk is, you know, almost $2 over class. Well, I think that'll be uh, coming to an end uh, here shortly as uh, the, the weather cools off and the cows start being more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, as well as people. Well, thank you, my friend, for checking in with us this morning. I look forward to the next time you show up on my schedule, all right? Absolutely. Thanks, Pam. Take care. You bet. You too, Bryce. Bryce Windecker joining us live this morning from uh, his uh, home farm out in New York State. He is one of the Everag crew that uh, keeps us posted on some of the trends they're discussing with producers all across the United States as far as dairy is concerned. Remember, more food news and more with Tom Vilsack from uh, yesterday's conference with